0: Hello, it is Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Massive show today, huh? Following up Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Obviously, a lot of people chit-chatting about what was said yesterday. Can't thank you all enough for being friends and telling friends about this show, which I would recommend you still do if you like this thing by the end of it. If not, if you hate this show, just act like it never happened. Quite a lineup today. Evan McPherson hit a game winner, obviously, for Cincinnati in his first ever game. Chat with him a little bit about his mindset. He's only 22 fucking years old in the NFL changing games minka Fitzpatrick how you doing? Keep it moving? All pro safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was an awesome conversation and coaches up Chuck Wednesdays. Chuck Pagano stops by to give us some insight on what it 's like to be a head coach in the NFL, especially after week one. All the boys are fantastic, and we can 't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day to day let 's get to it what 's the news of the day you ask us and we 're asking the same thing because I believe most of it revolves around the reaction. To what old Aaron Rodgers said just yesterday on this particular show. We'll have to talk about that all. We'll have to remind some people of other things that happened in that conversation as opposed to just the clips that get pulled out of context and potentially get talked about and paint a narrative that's completely bullshit. We'll do all of those things. Jermichael Finley has come out, former tight end for the Green Bay Packers, and said, Whoa. You know, I don't see the same work ethic hmm. on Aaron Rodgers. Whoa. I don't see it. Now, is Jermichael Finley hanging out with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason? I don't I'm not sure. Think I don't so. think so. Is he currently on the team so he can see what he's doing on his day to day? No. I don't, I don't think so. not. not. He's not getting his fucking haircut though, is he? Oh! No, he's not getting his haircut. He, I no, see that. Not. And remember, I asked the same question whenever he joined us the first time after the match. It was actually while I was battling 104 and a half degree fever due to Uncle COVID stopping by my fucking house, and I didn't love it at all. I said, hey, were you sandbagging all of us? The only videos we saw of Aaron in the offseason was waterfall jumping, Taylor Swift singing, sure. living his life, and then we saw him at the match, and his calves looked like fucking basketballs, yep. all right? His shorts were incredibly tight. He looked like he was yoked up. If you you can get past the free-flowing hair, where he looks incredibly comfortable and relaxed. I was the first thing I saw at the match was like, "Let me see what type of shape this fucking guy's in." Literally, because I'm a guy who can go from like 270 to 225, and it is very apparent what I did in the off season. My first <laughs> day back in the training camp, you could see it. You could literally see it. Go, oh, this uh, this son of a bitch was a little bit lazy and eating in the off season. That's mm-hmm. literally what everybody would say. Bill and shake my hand, slap my entire body just to see what I was doing. I'm like, are you body checking me You, yeah, I was a little fat. I got a little comfortable. They have to get in shape. Aaron looked like he was in great shape at the match. I believe at the training camp, he was dro- uh, dropping balls into the net. I think he was working this offseason, what I'm saying. I don't think he was loud about it, though. But Jermichael Finley has inside sources, maybe. I'm not 100% sure. He's come out and said this. Other people have judged Aaron being relaxed on yesterday's show. I asked him about that. I actually told him people are not going to be happy about that. And he said it's just one game, man. If I get upset right now, what are we going to do next week? What are we going to do the week going forward? I'm very thankful Aaron stops by. Can't wait to see what they do uh, this up coming Monday against the Detroit Lions. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, they're in the news. We'll talk about that. Calvin Johnson, who is now a robust cannabis grower. Hell yeah. Yeah. A successful dope business operator. A Hall of Famer has also come out and said, you know, I ain't working 28 hours for the Detroit Lions to get the money back that they owe me from fucking 15 years ago. Like, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) He now has come out and said, you're going to pay me. $1.6 million, however you're going to... If you want to make this right, you don't have to pay me, by the way, but the Lions have come out and said, we want to make it right, and Calvin Johnson probably all along was like, okay, we can do this. You stole money from me earlier. Now, you... Your contract said we could take the money back. Okay, I feel like I outperformed my contract. I ended up in the Hall of Fame and I retired early, and you don't have to be an asshole owner. I mean, Jim Irsay literally gave $25 million to Andrew Luck. I think that was just to keep him on the good side, just in case Andrew wants to come out of the woods and play football again. We're not 100% sure, but Calvin Johnson came out, went to a practice, I think, with the coaches. Oh, yeah. He was going into the Hall of Fame, so there was a lot of story talk about the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions days. He talked about Matthew Stafford on this show and other shows. Thought it was the right time to get back in there, and then the Lions made it. They say, hey, here's an offer, all right? You get your money back. Remember, that's what you want. This is the whole thing. Uh, you got to work uh 28 fucking hours for us. You got to come to one of our terrible games, five hours, we hit every single suite, and then you got 23 <laughs> more hours of shit you got to do. We might need to go build a goddamn playground. That's only going to count for one hour, though. We need 22 more of those Ooh. things throughout Detroit. And Calvin Johnson's like, "What? you can pay me to do all that shit. All right? You can pay me another contract on top to do whatever the fuck you want me to do. I'm just talking about the money you owe me from a decade ago, and now it's coming out. Calvin Johnson said, I ain't doing shit for it. You're going to pay me this, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. or you're not going to pay me this. In the Detroit Lions, I Soon we'll handle this in an accurate fashion. Oh, let will yeah. hit up some of the boys at Evan Foxy. Nice. You got to love when the Lions are back in the news cycle, especially for something like this. Yeah, it's pretty simple, Pat. This is why we are the worst organization, not only in the NFL, but all of sports. And that's all I got to say. Well, you guys still, that football team's fighting until the very end. Hell yeah. Right. And, yeah. You guys are done 45 this team points. team plays tough. Man. And <laughs> MCD, I tell you what, man, yeah, they're <laughs> they fighting in that thing so much so that they covered. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Absolute dog shit. Well, that's gambling, baby. That's mm-hmm. going to happen. But that team's going to fight. But the organization, I think, does have some things they got to work through and figure out. I'm not sure how this pans out with Calvin Johnson, but we are a firm believer in this particular studio that the Calvin Johnson curse is an actual thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Detroit Lions will forever stink because of the curse that has been put in there by the team's billionaire owners right. taking money out of their Hall of Fame player who decided to retire early and literally mm-hmm. never come back to football because of how bad it ended over there. All right. Not only him, though. Barry Sanders, same thing. Hey, need the money back. Yep. Yep. Barry Sanders. So mm-hmm. I think we all saw Ted Lasso. They had an athletic training room that was allegedly cursed. Whenever he showed up there, something happened. Mm-hmm. They went in there. I think they did some sage. They did some other shit. They smoked out the curses. I think the Lions need to think about just writing that guy a check. Not only for 1.6, but hey, tax him. He should probably put 175. Might uh, as well. one eight one nine I mean, if we're talking about interest and how good Calvin Johnson is at investing, that 1.6 million dollars probably 15, 20 million at this point. So what I'm saying is the Lions should want to make this right. Calvin shouldn't have to come out and answer questions saying, I'm not doing anything for that. No. Because Calvin Johnson isn't the one saying, hey, you owe me 1.6. He's saying, hey, if you want to make this right, this is probably what it's going to take. This is how I feel. Even though he is comfortable money wise and financial wise, whenever somebody takes money out of your pocket, okay, especially somebody you feel like I've done a lot for you, uh, I don't think he's out of line at all. No. And the reason, the fact that he has to come out publicly and say, this is all I'm asking for, so that the narrative doesn't get painted against him, you know, by people, it's like, this is beautiful NFL PR at work. The Lions have somehow been able to slip past this for so long. Now it's getting brought back in there. And guess what? We ain't going to let it die. Calvin Johnson was very nice to us. I'm a big fan of Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. And also, for the good of the fucking Lions, yeah. we'll get the curse out of the building and just pay the guy, Foxy. How come every single person on Earth knows he deserves that money and yet they still won't do it? I honestly don't understand. It's <laughs> embarrassing. Stay with me. Because it's the goddamn Damn lions. lions. They take. And it won't be the year... Until we pay Calvin Johnson. I honestly... Never be the Hey, I read The Alchemist, okay, and I believe the universe tells you stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, I feel like the universe has tried to tell the previous owners, now Sheila Four. I feel like like the universe has tried to tell them, like, hey, listen, this got brought back up at perfect timing. Brand new owner. Mm -hmm. Hey, the Hall of Fame's happening. We can just make this thing just go away with the new ownership. The universe was trying to drop that into their life. Like, hey, here you go. We just gonna make it right. He's going to the Hall of Fame. We want to practice. You guys, this is kinda your thing. You can make it right. And still somehow it's like yeah, we could make it right, but also... <laughs> Fuck that guy. What about um, the community? 28 hours of community service. <laughs> yeah. A year.
1: God. It was three, It's because they were going to give $500,000 in three different payments. Yeah. So they are going to make them do
0: 28 hours each year hey, during that time. And by the way, people that work 40 hours a week and say like, hey, that's a bunch of bullshit for that amount of money, we agree. Hey, I completely agree. If you were just to talk 28 hours for the amount of money they were going to pay him or whatever, you're it's an absurd thing. And I think Calvin Johnson would even say it's absurd, but what Calvin Johnson is saying is, I'm not going to work... Work for you, okay. If you want me to work for you, we can negotiate that contract, right? What this is all about is what you owe me from a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a whole you're talking about two different things, and I assume Sheila Ford was gonna have because hey, MCDC said she's awesome, mm. she's a uh, she's giving them everything they need, yeah. everything they want. Get rid of the curse, pay the fuck, pay that man. His, his money. Okay, that's what I think you should happen at Ty Schmidt. What's going well, on? Well,
2: that's what I don't understand is Dan Campbell came out and said like we want to make this right and if he is super tight with Sheila Ford Hamp like when you first read this it's almost like like I thought Calvin Johnson was asking for like 150 million dollars and then you look a little closer and <laughs> it's, it's like oh no, he's asking for like a million and a half. Like they're fucking billionaires. That's a drop in the bucket. You'll you'll never see that money again. It just makes no sense. And also, shout out to Uncle Sam. You know what I mean? Uncle Sam's going to
0: get a pretty good uh, penny in that whole thing. I mean, it's just... I think right now, it is literally just principle for Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, by all accounts, hard worker, Mm -hmm. great guy, Mm -hmm. incredibly intelligent, just all Mm -hmm. these things. Class act. A class act, great businessman, I think all these things. And him just looking at them, being like, that's not right. Like, I'm not... I love it. I just want to let everybody know I absolutely love everything about it. And this will be the most we talk about the Lions for some time unless they somehow gnaw the kneecaps right off of Aaron Rodgers on Monday Night Football. Hey, right now would be a good time to give Calvin his money, by the way. Monday Night Football is about to happen. Lions don't give any primetime games other than those Thanksgiving games. Now would be the time to get that curse out of your building, (laughs) I think. Absolutely. Maybe that'll be what they do before the end of the week. That'll be the Friday news dump. Hey, uh, and by the way, we have decided to pay Calvin Johnson not to one point six, but we did give him seven hundred
3: fifty
2: thousand dollars. Whoa! Oh, be hey, a massive that'd win. That'd be a big time positive spin, maybe for the Lions. Maybe go ahead and do that. Well, then. you also look at this. It's like I I don't know if paying him is just like then everything that they've done and like how they've treated him for the last decade or so just like gets him off the hook like yeah we'll pay you he's like, he's probably thinking like well I don't want to fucking come and like put on and act like you know no, you would have to wear a lion's the, polo exactly. yeah. he's, got, he's got to be you know just like a, you know good old boy and we'll patch on the back and parade you around and make you you know do everything and you'll it be is like he's a pet okay? ex- exactly yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like you know what yeah like you guys can pay me but you owe me that I'm not going to forget the way you fucking treated me for the last 10 plus years just
0: make that thing go away let the lions win <sighs> please just let the lions win MCDC wants them too. Jared Goff wants them too. Yeah. Pay him. I want them too. Put his jersey in the rafters? I mean, you want him too depending upon at what point of the season it's in, right? That's right. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Hey, I mean, but- I mean, we falsely accused Boston Connor of maybe becoming a diehard Tampa fan last year wow. when, when after the <laughs> Patriots didn't make the playoffs and he just was like I guess it would be nice if yeah. Tom was to win, and we Sometimes. kind of took advantage of that. But Foxy actually took his entire Detroit Lions uniform off mm-hmm. and put on a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. Week 12? Week 12 of the season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, we're past that, though. This is a Motor City Dan Campbell era now. Yeah. Yeah. So we way eight. past that. You're right. You're but on. think about Jim Ursay and what he did for Edger and James and Peyton Manning for the Hall of Fame stuff. I guarantee he paid more than $1.6 million just for that weekend alone for those two guys. The party. Oh, mm-hmm. The parties, I guess. R- edge yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. buying Edge a Rolls Royce. Bingo. He's <laughs> buying Edge a Rolls Royce. Brother, Edge is getting a car, the man. Plane, yeah. the, hey, glove you, how about the glove box. Check the glove box, yeah. How about something in the glove yeah. box? He, he cut a promo into Edger and James's Instagram or whatever. It was like Lamborghini, Rolls <laughs> yeah. Royce, Bentley, whatever Edge wants, man. It's like, think about that type of ownership versus what's going on in Detroit. And listen. I understand every building is run differently, and we are having a uh, AFC. Special Teams Player of the Week in his rookie year after his first game, 22 years old uh, kicker on from Cincinnati Bengals. Evan McPherson will be joining us in about 15 minutes. I can't okay. wait to chat with him. He was smiling before having to hit another kick or whatever. I love that. There was a guy on the other team coming up and like talking to him almost. Like, yeah, there, there, there was a situation <laughs> there with kicking happening where McPherson just showed up and balled out. He hit a 50-some yarder in the fourth quarter. He hit a game winner there. I can't wait to chat with him, but every time we point something like this out, whether it's like the Bengals not having a facility. okay, Mm -hmm. It's not for me to be funny. This is me saying like, hey, the, the fans in the NFL deserve better than what is happening here. Like there is people out there that if they were to run these, they would dream to run, the. their dream is to run these teams. If they were to have them, let's assume that they'd be taking care of their fans better, their team better, and ultimately the fucking league better. You know, it's like the league doesn't want to deal with Calvin Johnson, one of the greatest players of all time, coming out and saying like, yeah, this team, I think in my eyes, robbed me of my mouth. You think Roger Goodell wants to hear that? You think Roger Goodell wants to know that there is a team in his league that's worth billions and billions of dollars that doesn't have the same exact shit as most high schools potentially have in the same state? I mean, yeah. it, in different states, it's just like that is not something they want. So every time I bring it up, Because Evan is coming on, a bunch of Bengals fans, doofuses, tweeted me like, oh, I bet he makes an indoor practice facility joke. It's like, it's not a joke, dude. Like, this is me, this is actually me trying to help (laughs) you out, motherfucker. Like, hey, I think your owners should be doing more for your team and for you as a fan because of how much you have dedicated them. Blind loyalty to these people, which I appreciate. I respect that whole thing. You need those types of fans. But also, whenever I say something like this, I'm saying it because, like, hey, the league deserves better. And not just the league. The fans deserve better. Everything like that. Just like Bezos getting into the league. Yeah. I heard some people say we're billionaire bootlickers for fucking talking about Bezos being good for the NFL. It's like, hey, richest dude on earth getting into my favorite league. Good news. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not going to become a fan of that team, but a guy who has two percent of his net worth would be what it takes to buy an NFL team. Let's assume he's going to be giving a lot back to the league, into the game, and yeah. everything that we love. That's good for the. That That's the type of shit. That I think that we talk about that get kind of gets kind of misconstrued. Just like the Pittsburgh Pirates fans that were coming at me for telling them to sell the team. It's like yo. Team fucking stinks. And all the people, if you tweeted me talking about, oh, you don't even know anything about baseball. I don't. You know why I don't? Because the team has stunk for so fucking long. Mm -hmm. I decided not to be interested in it. And also, go buy a ticket. There's only 100 people at the goddamn game. That can't ever happen. You're you're hurting the team more by uh, not buying tickets. And the the MLB looks terrible. Pittsburgh looks like a terrible sports city with that entire thing. I feel like a lot of people that end up fighting against us, it's like, you're an idiot. Because we're actually on your side in this entire thing, but you're just blind loyalty. No, no,
4: we know more than you. We know about the prospects. We know where they went to college. We (laughs) know how they hit in the minors. We know more than you, Pat.
0: I know, I know you do, you Pittsburgh doofus. And I appreciate that you are a fan of the Pirates, but the thing that I know is the players that I do know. None of them play for the Pirates. You know why? Because maybe they're great in minor leagues, but if they're good in the majors, if they're good for the Pirates, they're fucking running away from Pittsburgh or they're selling them out of Pittsburgh. It's just like all these things that we talk about on a regular basis, the Calvin Johnson thing, the indoor facility, this shit, it's like I don't think we're saying like, hey, your team is bad. Your players are bad. Your fans are bad. All I'm saying is the leagues deserve better. The fans deserve better. That's a real thing. The fans of Cincinnati are a diehard loyal group. The AFC North ain't fucking around, has never fucked around. That is going to be a good group forever. You are dealing with four seasons in Cincinnati. It gets cold as hell over there. Let's assume your team will do more work, harder, do extra reps after practice, do hang hangout if there was an indoor practice facility there. So whenever we mention that, it's not us mocking the team. No. We're mocking the owners dealing of the team it's like you guys deserve better calvin johnson just pay the fucking guy. Like, yeah. you make the whole league look bad whenever you do that. You make Lions fans probably miserable and upset because they have to re-kindle uh, the entire conversation about yep. it being bad. And then the Pirates thing, they should be dropped down to fucking AAA as a whole. They should be somebody else's AAA squad.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, not to change, like the Pirates, when they saw 130 people showed up, the, the commissioner should have called them and been like, hey, you guys either, like, this can't ever happen again. Like, you need to sell the team right now. But also, like, and I think
0: it was Zambelli Firework
2: night. Oh, Jesus. No way. they couldn't
0: even pump in the, the, the on fireworks to get people to come by. Jackie come Moon off. had
2: more people coming to the Flint Michigan Tropics game. That's, That's right. right.
0: <laughs>
4: Indianapolis
2: Indians were definitely getting more, more, more yeah, people than, than, than Pittsburgh. Bites. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is unbelievable. But when you talk about the NFL, too, like all these teams, it's not really like the haves and the have-nots. Like, all these guys are billionaires. They all have the resources to do this type of shit. Like, granted, Jerry's And, team, and
0: there's loans, I think, they're allowed to get from the NFL for it, different things.
2: Exactly. So it's not like you can't really say, like, oh, well, you know, like the Bengals, they, they can't do this. They don't have, like, the, the resources or, or whatever to do this. I mean, shit, look at Mark Davis. He's one of the only guys who's not a billionaire. They just—I mean, granted, you know, that's—the taxpayers are paying for that big time. But I'm sure their facilities are top-notch, like— all these teams are owned by guys who have enough money and enough resources to make sure that the competitive advantage isn't massively different in a different city.
0: Well, and it's it's clear that some decisions are being made decisions are being made strictly for the cash. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm of the humans who own the teams. Yeah. Like that's happening in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I think that's happening in Cincinnati.
2: Absolutely. Well, that we talk about the coaches. That's why they, they don't even, they won't even consider firing guys early because then they're going to have to pay him and pay someone else. Well, And they don't have a scouting. Right. They 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 don't have full scouting. I mean, it's just like
0: you, the, the who that, no, who, who, day. Day. who day, the who day, Sorry about who day is clearly a case. I mean, that was yeah. clearly yeah, but you it's knew. right. You know, they, they do do the whole But the who day fan base is a loyal one loyal loyal fan base and i respect and appreciate the hell out of it and i think their players are tough as hell but you can't look at that thing that whole thing and just be like oh they're saving money so they all make more money at the end of the day yeah like it's obvious that that is what is happening it's like i feel like if it's not us then who yeah if not us talking about it then who's going to talk about it because to be honest you know it's just like ea sports that's yes. oh, in the game oh, we're the only media outlet that does not have a deal with them like we don't get free codes nope. i'm not even in the fucking game mm-hmm. they've asked me to do it i've said no i don't want to be a part of it i mean that is legit because i've never played to be honest i'm not smart at it but we're the only ones yeah you guys have played there's a lot of guys in here that have played a lot of fans have called in and played we're the only ones that aren't really on an ea madden payroll at this yeah. point so it's okay for us to come out and say like hey Y'all need to stop fucking over your fans. Like, yeah. You need to help them out. All- I feel like that's a good thing of this show. I was attacked today by Bengals fans, though, whenever Evan McPherson was announced he was coming on the show.
1: Well, that's bullshit because you're not the one who started to go fund me for them to build a goddamn indoor practice <laughs> facility. And you mentioned the fans. Two years ago, a guy had to sleep above his bar till the Bengals got a win. It was like December 10th, and he was still living up there. I mean, it is ridiculous what they do. And clearly, they don't give a shit because they would have built it. Now, if they come out on Sunday with a Bengal CGI walking oh, around the stadium, that's a whole different story. At least hey, then they're trying. He's right.
0: trying to take us down for that. Bye. Really? Really? Yeah, I think. I mean, Billy's going to have to. Yeah, but I think it was Fox Sports gave us a strike for the bow, for the Panther, for Carolina Panthers, <laughs> I believe. Wavy Davy also gave us a strike yesterday. Whoa. what oh, no. yeah. was that about? Well, I don't know. Our Come fucking on. whole show almost got taken down yesterday, though. I mean, us and YouTube had full... Whoa, 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 whoa! We were told we we're live. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. They don't know that. Well, I just—I literally got a text from the creator of the fucking Damn. Panther. Slow down. So, hey, thanks for the love. We also ran it on the TVs and the jumbotron in the stadium. I was told by said creator of the fucking Panther yes. yesterday. Hmm. Thanks for giving us the love or whatever. And then. They're trying Fox. I think it was Fox trying to take us down. I think that's bullshit. Well, what if they own it? I don't know. I have no idea. Is that what we need to do?
2: But every Fox show is using stuff from Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, yeah, but only for 48 hours. Remember, we use their (laughs) (laughs) their thing. So, for those that
0: don't know, there's this you know rights game that happens, okay, I guess in the real you know network, ridiculous. Mm -hmm on the internet it's like hey you give credit to somebody and then you just move on like hey this came from this person this is why we're doing it and we are an internet show it's awesome so whenever people would like send us an email asking us to use a clip or whatever we'd be like yeah fuck you just hey just give it courtesy your credit or whatever sounds good and we had built up i think a pretty good relationship yeah do whatever you gotta do hey you guys reacting to us us getting a chance to react to whatever you say which we're gonna have to do today like this is all good it's all good for the sport we don't care just give obviously hey this is from youtube.com forward slash the pat mcafee show and we'll be thankful then we asked for uh permission to use one uh fox sports one time and they sent us this legalese thing back Mm -hmm. can't have it for this amount of time afterwards this has to happen can't do this so we're like all right i guess this is hey we don't want to do this no but this is going to be the game we're going to go ahead and copy and paste this thing and send it back and uh hey i feel like everybody has talked to us yeah nobody's going to listen to the legalese we sent back there's no way our copy paste sent back to people is going to be listened to by anybody else i mean yeah we'll
2: see they they did a good job today but we'll see it was fantastic it, it was very nice they did a good people. job today. Wow. now granted there were a couple outlets that didn't ask and just ran it which you know? by the
0: way i'm cool with mm-hmm. if, as long as you give courtesy and they did and I they did not, i do not care at all like i just think that's i actually told a couple people on the internet that were emerging as uh pretty big people and i once again, I must say this: there are people that are much better at the internet than I am okay i 'm not saying anything. I just happen to be on the internet a lot for a long time and i I said to them i 'm like, "Hey, just make sure you give credit to people yeah. like hey, with what you're doing, just make sure you give credit to people like that's a, that's something on the internet that you can just fall into a a nasty hole it, like it's just not something you got to give people credit like even if you don 't like what they said and you 're about to bury them like I think it's an honorable thing to do is just give them credit like hey, this is where this came from, blah 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 it 's kind of the way it works but these networks the way we have to deal with it like it's obviously coming from a lawyer mm-hmm. mm. and then it's what me and ty typing the message back
2: yeah, and just you know they just treat us like a couple slap dicks which is fine you know i don't have a law degree so i mean i don't i, I can't parse through the legalese but We'll see. I mean, like I said, it was a good start today, but I think you're right. As the uh, season kind of drags on here, we'll see. What I'm sure that there's. A- I appreciate.
0: Like that's what we're doing, by the way. You create stuff and hope that it drives everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. that is that is kind of what it's for. We're very lucky that Aaron is comfortable enough to come on the show every single week, and I appreciate everybody at those networks. By the way, I'm not saying that, but there's a department at all these networks that is to obtain rights, and I wonder if Fox literally. Because I think there's, what, Lad Ladbible. They, remember, they were running this oh, yeah. for a long time. They were just buying up viral videos yeah. like two weeks after they had been released. They buy, come to an agreement with whatever. Uh, that's called UGC, by the way, right? User-generated content. There's a lot of platforms that are UGC-based. They take other people's videos. They put them on their cool caption. The whole world gets to see it laugh, comments. That person got famous on that platform. They're happy about it. Boom, boom, boom. But then there was a time on the internet where People were buying these going directly to the, and then they were sending cease and desist and then lawsuits back to people that posted it like two Viral weeks
4: ago. Viral Hog was a big one.
0: Viral Hog. Oh. Lad, I think Lad Bible yep. was a big yeah, one. Uh-huh. Lad Bible was a big one. There was a couple others. And it was like, that was a time on the internet. And I think everybody on the internet was like, hey, come the fuck on. Like, yeah. This can't be how this goes. Stealing. And now, like, the networks, they all have like their departments that are like, listen, you can use our stuff, but make sure. If that thing's on for 47 hours after it originally aired, we are fucking suing you for everything. We will come find you. We will bury you. It's like all right, dude, we're just trying, we thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to use it or whatever, but it's a wild world out here. And everybody's talking about the Aaron Rodgers interview yesterday, obviously, because Aaron Rodgers had a wild off season. Then they go and play the saints down in Jacksonville and get the doors blown off of them. Ooh, yeah. Bad, bad. What will Aaron Rodgers do? A lot of people said, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to show up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I got texts from people, of my friends of mine, that were like, no way Aaron does uh, shows up on Tuesday. I'm like, I think he's going to show up on Tuesday. Just like last year after they got blown out, he showed up on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Just like any other situation that people thought maybe he wouldn't, he has shown up. He came in. I think he took all the blame, but he wasn't as fiery as people wanted him to be. Of course. I think that is what it was. He wasn't as upset as people wanted him to be. Now, there's still 16 games left. Mm -hmm. There is still a lot of things that will be sorted out on every team, not just the Green Bay Packers. But I think a lot of people said, oh, he looked a little bit too relaxed or whatever. I actually told him while we were talking to him, hey, people are not going to be happy about how relaxed you are right now. Like, is that something... Am I out of pocket for telling you this? But this is going to be a reaction that you are, you know, not taking any accountability, you're relaxed. And this was his actual answer yesterday. And somehow this did not get chatted about really by anybody What that were saying he looked like he was too out of it, not competitive or whatever.
1: Uh, no, I mean, I think it's it might be a freakout outside of the facility. Uh, I think it's just to... You know, it's a good learning lesson for us. You know, we can't, we can't play like that. We can't start a game like that. I feel like I said after the game, our energy level was a little bit low before the game. Um, you know, we got to do a better job responding to adversity. So, look, there's not much to say. We got our asses beat, you know, by 35 points. Uh, we're all frustrated about it, but
5: you just move on. We got 16 more to go.
0: So he literally addressed me telling him exactly how people are going to react. Hey, he's got to move on. dude. What do you want me to do? You want me to cry about this? Spilled milk? What do you want me to do? Dude, there ain't nothing to go. I got a chance to chat with him a little bit last night as well. Mm-hmm. I disagree with what everybody's saying about him not caring or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Felt like there was some real fire in the text that I had with him last night. And I'm so thankful he comes on. But man, they'll take one clip that we put out and then they won't listen to the rest. And then they'll just completely go, look how relaxed and calm he looks. in it." it's like, when is he ever not? Just for future reference. Yeah. When has Aaron Rodgers not really looked like that? I'm not 100% sure there's ever time, other than when he's yelling at a ref, maybe.
2: Well, and last year when he came on and he was acting like that, people were praising him because, you know, he was, he was lighting the world on fire. He was playing MVP football. Not that, I mean, like, he's going to do that again. But what I've also realized, too, that, like, and maybe, I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but, like, it seemed like there used to be like a little bit of a gray area there isn't anymore. People either love him or they hate him and whether that's because of everything that happened in the off season and then how he played on Sunday like there really is no no one's like kind of ambivalent towards him anymore. It's either like wow. you love him or you hate him. At least that's kind of what it seemed like which I I'd never really seen before. But what did you just say? Ambivalent? ambivalent? Yeah. You know like it, like people don't People don't have – like, you have a very strong opinion on Aaron Rodgers one way or the other. He's a heat-seeking missile. Yeah. Absolutely. He is getting heat regardless. And and maybe it was always like that, but I I don't know. I feel like – the, the last couple weeks, especially, it's like really highlighted like, oh, like no one's just like, yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is either like, I fucking hate this guy or I love this guy.
0: And a lot of people I see go on the internet going to bat for Aaron is like, have you heard him actually speak and like do this whole thing? Because the narrative for so long was that he's a prima donna prick. Yep. And that's because a couple players, the yeah. teammates have come out and spoken of mm. uh, about him in a certain way. Right. But so it seems like for a long time, those particular teammates got a lot of, a lot of like hype for what they say. And by the way, they... I would never doubt what your Michael Finley saying or Greg Jennings, I think, whatever. They have their reason to say their thing. But there's been, like, I think, like 50 other teammates that have come out and been like, Yeah. Yeah, we love this guy. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, this guy just quiet, <laughs> chill, just yeah, kind of does his own thing. Not quiet, I'm sorry, but stays away from the media and does his own thing. So kind of pick and choose. I guess you got to do what you got to right. do. But it'll be nice whenever they get a win over the cursed Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. He
2: made both those guys a lot of money, too. So, yeah. That's
0: crazy, right? Mm. You know, a, lot a lot of, of money. them out. That's right. Joining us now is a man who's always Roman ready, dude. Hell Hell yeah. I ain't never seen a guy more Roman ready than this guy at all times. He coached in, uh, I assume, high school at some point, college, the NFL. He was my head coach. He was defensive coordinator for the Bears, the Ravens, you name it. He's been everywhere. I can't thank him enough for joining us each and every week. Can't wait to hear the insight and information he drops on us from his home in beautiful Idaho with great internet, ladies and gentlemen. Coaches Up segment with head coach Chuck Pagano. We'll yeah. yeah! Yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, how yeah. Good you look. Let's go! Let's go! Hey, look how good you look! I see you rocking that NFLPA Collegiate Bowl too. That you got back into coaching, right, Coach? Those college kids coached them up a little bit.
5: 2018. Went in there and stomped the American team or the national team.
0: Yeah, no big deal. Either one, whichever one you were representing, <laughs> fuck them all. Um, coach, great to see you. You look amazing. How was the weekend watching games? It's your first weekend as a retired coach, right, watching games. Well, did you get antsy? Did you hear the national anthem? Did you want to get back out there? How
5: was it? It was, uh, it was awesome especially with no stress. I could just sit back and pick apart every, you know, everything that everybody was doing. Watch my brother's team, I, my little brother coaches at the Broncos had a huge win over the uh, New York Giants. Um, so fired up about that. Um, amazing weekend of football. Absolutely amazing and, and so much good stuff there. Um, but again, I, um, you know, I miss the relationship part, the competition part of it, but. It's awful nice not having that
0: stress. Okay, so Sunday morning I woke up and uh, I was going to hit the anvil and I went in my backyard and the trees were blowing sideways from the wind and the flag was just straight out like this. And I was like, man, I am so thankful that I don't have to wake up on Sunday mornings, open the hotel window and try to find a flag on top of a <laughs> building and seeing that thing straight out and be like, well, today's going to be terrible. <laughs> okay, I, like that, Those stresses, those little anxiety moments not being in your life so much better. I don't think anybody understands what a Sunday's like. Whenever you just like, I'm a fan all of a sudden. You know?
5: No, it clogs arteries. You know, it takes years off your life. Especially you know when I get you'd you'd look you'd open the blinds, you know, and check for a flag to see what the weather was doing, and I'd get a call from Pete Ward, and it'd be like, uh, Chuck, <clears throat> uh, um, I know it's raining and sleeting sideways, but. Uh, you know, taxpayers, you know, paid for that roof to be open. And, uh, you know, Jim's <laughs> going to have the roof open. I, and I don't think it's a competitive disadvantage. Nobody does. So uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> and like. it, you know, the other great thing about that stadium is my first home game there in preseason, one o'clock game, right? Sun's shining. It's 1,000 degrees outside. And the sun's glaring down on our sidelines. Oh, yeah. And our And our <laughs> opponents, our opponents... Are in are in the shade, and I asked Don. I asked Johnny Scott. I said, "What's going on here? I can't see. I'm blind. I can't see the field. Why are we on this side and they're in the shade?" Oh man! Did you get an answer? I'm telling you.
0: Did you get an answer? I remember you were trying to move. Hey, weren't you trying uh, to move us?
5: It's, hey. only it's only a hundred. It's only a hundred six on our sideline, and we check the temperature on our opponent's sideline, and it's it's seventy five degrees. So we're, we're good. I remember. I said, "Hey boys, hi." I said, "Boys, hydrate up, man."
0: Yeah, I remember. And by the way, we had to have the entire. We had our equipment managers holding things over the bench. I mean, and the other side is literally just tossing sunflower seeds. And I remember, I think, and this might have just made its way into the locker room, and it might not have been real, but I think Chuck had asked like that should be our sideline. It feels like that should be our sideline over there. And then obviously there was a a massive business conversation about the people, the amount of money that's being paid to be behind ours, our our bench, as opposed to the opponent's bench and this whole thing. And I think that was immediately when you knew like, okay, being a head coach, is there's some shit that you got to deal with? I mean, the pregame music, the sun, the entire situation, the roof. I mean, it is just a completely different ball game. Let's talk about some head coaches in the NFL in this past weekend. Anything you saw that you were impressed with like any coaching decisions from any young coaches that you thought was pretty good or is everything you kind of you kind of expected for instance urban Meyer they got their asses beat down there by coach Dave and immediately afterwards it's like oh he's leaving the NFL yeah. he's going to go to college how do you view that whole situation and how does urban you think get that narrative away from him and would if you were urban Meyer and you were asked about this situation would you say no there's no chance of me going to USC as well knowing that there maybe is a chance or do you think he's actually all in with the Jaguars at this point?
5: Well, the key there is when they asked him, you know, in his press conference. And anytime you drop your eyes oh. and you answer like this, oh. and you don't look straight in there, yeah. ah. he's totally committed to building that organization and rebuilding that program in Jacksonville. Um, you know, there hasn't been many guys in college football, successful co- coaches, as, as successful as Urban Meyer. I mean, historically, he's got the best record ever of anybody in, in college football. Um, but history tells us that a lot of those guys don't succeed in the National Football League. Nick Saban, the best of the best, the GOAT. Uh, won't be anybody like him. Win more championships. Steve Spurrier. Um, you can go on and on and on. So he's going to have this narrative around him. Uh, for as long as he's down there until he gets that thing turned around. Why, um, Chuck? Why him, is it so hard?
0: Why is it so hard to go from college to the NFL? Is it strictly because in college you can control everything? In the NFL, it's a much different ball game. You coached in college at the U, when the U was the U with a lot of personalities. You've been able to make the transition into the NFL and have success. What is the big thing you think on why some of those top college guys can't make it in the NFL from your perspective?
5: Well, there's a salary cap, number one. Yeah. You know, salary so, cap at some of those universities. I'm just kidding. No, no, um, no, no, no. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I just think dealing with um, everything that you have to deal with at the professional level, especially the players, you know, you can deal with uh, college athletes probably a little bit different and communicate with those uh, athletes a little bit different uh, than you can maybe the professional athletes. Uh, Again, you mentioned it, Pat. There's a lot of things that are out of your control. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of things that are out of Urban's control. Um, You've got to be tight at the hip with your GM. You guys got to be in lockstep. You know, the three pillars that Jim always talked about, the owner, the GM, and the head coach, they all got to be singing out of the same hymnal, uh, all those kind of things for that thing to be successful. And there's going to be some bumps in the road.
0: Um, So whenever you think about... Urban Meyer being Uber successful in college and coming to the NFL and maybe losing and maybe not sticking around four or five years to build that program up. Do you think about some of these teams that had high expectations and then just shit the bed week one? And like, how do you like we don't think Urban has any expectations in Jacksonville? I, I like honestly, we let off with this. In Urban, we know everybody's Uber competitive and everything like that, but people are like, he's not gonna want to lose or whatever. It's like Jacksonville, nobody's expecting Jacksonville to be good for three, four years, I think personally. Now, they probably have different expectations in the building, but I think from an NFL-wide, nobody's really expecting it. There's some teams, though, that came out and laid an egg this weekend. For instance, Green Bay Packers. We talked to Aaron Rodgers yesterday. He's very relaxed. Hey, listen, one game, we got to look forward. He can't overreact because he knows if he does, one game leads to two. What's your message to the team whenever you lay an egg like that, especially opening week? It's not easy to do that opening week, but it's a long season still, Chuck.
5: Yeah, no no question about it. And You know, let's overreaction Monday, right? It's week one in the National Football League. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We shouldn't sit back and judge all these guys and say, well, shoot, Urban Meyer, he loses one game in the National Football League. He is out of here. He's going to have another meltdown. He's going to get sick. He's done. That is not happening. Aaron Rodgers, if I'm not mistaken, he's last year NFL MVP, the National Football MVP. NFL MVP excuse me and now all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers can't play what the hell he's exactly right just take a chill pill everybody relax okay bury the ball you've got blown out I've been there take the ball get in the backyard get on practice field bury the football burn the field (laughs) that is not (laughs) us but really you know realistically Everybody was looking at, you know, where are we? Are we this good? Are we this bad? Boom, boom, boom. Somewhere in the middle is where reality lies with all these teams. So everybody has a, has a benchmark now, okay, where we're at, where we need to get better. Because I'm telling you, all the teams that won, those head coaches are putting, like saving, they're putting a the thumb down. We stink. We ain't that good. Quit writing all that nice shit about us because it ain't true. And all those teams that lost and got their ass kicked and they're writing all that negative shit about them, that ain't true either
0: yeah and i think that's a fascinating thing from a coach because all you your job is i have to make this group of men the best they could possibly be no matter because in the NFL you got turnover of roster there's a different thing in college too by the way not not only salary cap's different but you might lose half your roster literally from one year to the next and you have to continue to build that culture and you have to do that whole thing I love it though just like the reaction outside because fans are supposed to react the way they react because they spend their entire lives pulling for a team and then you get a chance to see them for the first time especially with fans in the stands after this COVID thing and they stink it's like oh I hate this team this team is the absolute worst it's like well oh no you're starting to freeze a little bit in four weeks five weeks will it be a much different ball game i think so that whole uh setting the baseline thing is fascinating because that is probably how you coaches look at it what is the meeting like the day after the game amongst the coaches without the players is it a very true like hey this particular uh group didn't play that great how do we get them better how do those conversations go the day after the first game of the season amongst the coaches that we can't hear nobody else really hears.
5: I think you just got to keep it real and you got to be 100% with each other and say, okay, look, you know, a lot of guys will go in and protect their guys and say, hey, such and such played really good. And you're sitting there going, was I at the same game? Did I watch the same film? Can we go back and watch it together? Because we can analyze every play, but just be authentic and be real and say, okay, this is where we're really good. This is where we stink. This is what we have to clean up. And you have to have honest... Uh, forthright, upfront conversations about your team and about your players and, and where you're at, and um, and it's up to the head coach to set the culture of that staff and of that room. That when we come in here and we evaluate, look, no one's getting fired tomorrow. We're not making any changes. We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater on after one week. You know, we see four, five, six weeks of this. Yeah, the heads will probably roll. There's going to be some change. You know, it might be the head football coach, depending on what year you're in. But no, you got to get in there, and you got to call it like it is.
0: You talked about watching film together with the other coaches. Uh, There was just a report that came out. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins are watching film together for the first time since Kirk Cousins had joined the Minnesota Vikings with Zimmer. Zimmer, obviously a defensive coach. Kirk Cousins, obviously the quarterback on the offensive side. This comes after an offseason where Zimmer and Kirk have been on two very different sides of a very hot topic. So maybe this is them kind of mending fences there. I always assumed that the head coach and the quarterback are always on the same page. Is this anything to be alarmed about that they haven't watched film together since 2018 or is this something that should be a conversation in your experience your thoughts your idea Chuck Pagano
5: I know this that besides uh, you know the GM head coach relationship the most important one you always hear this you've heard it a thousand times a million times is the relationship between the head coach and the quarterback that is paramount and so whether that's true or not I find that hard to believe because I always tried to find the time, and, and we all follow Bill Belichick's model of, you know, he spent, you know, one day a week talking with Tom, watching the film, just giving his perspective, you know, on the next opponent's defense, giving his perspective on, okay, on third down, situational stuff, red area. This is – when we get in third and and, and seven-plus – the guy you need a key on is, is the nickel. He's gonna tell the tale of the tape. If he's down low and there's somebody backing him up, expect a nickel pressure. Okay. If he backs off early, all right, and the safeties start to rotate over and he's got a little bit too much depth, expect four weeks. So Bill set the model for for all of us years and years ago. I tried to emulate that with Andrew in the quarterback room and go in there and share, you know, the the nuggets that I could share. Don't overwhelm him with it. Um, obviously you know, because of what's transpired, you know, there was probably masks on in that meeting, I would hope. Yeah, you know, I Zim probably had one on. I'm yeah. sure Kirk had a mask on yeah, I um, with that whole you know, deal that you talked about. We're not going to get into that. You know, we don't have an, enough time to talk about that. But that relationship is, is very, very important. Okay, so I always
0: love, by the way, and the boys have some questions for you, and I can't thank you enough for joining us, Chuck. You're fucking awesome. Always have been. This is only going to get better as the season goes. I don't know how, but I I always love whenever you would come into the team meeting, you know, and uh, you would would let everybody know that you're still watching film. You know, there would be like, uh, you would do exactly what you just did about some situations, you know, like, hey, their defense does blah, 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 and then when they blah, 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 what are we going to do? And you would ask a question to somebody, and they would normally end up getting all the way back to either Darius Butler or Pops Adams or, to quote Jackson, you would ask a couple of people would go through the entire thing, but I always enjoyed whenever you came in and let everybody know, like, hey, I watched my fucking film too, like, let's not get crazy in there, because you got hired as a head coach because of how good you were on the defensive side of the ball, and I think some guys, maybe, I'm not sure what Zim does, I have no idea what Zim does, but they That type of brain being added to Kirk Cousins' thought is like good for everybody, I think. I'm happy to hear that you and Luck did that because I wasn't 100% sure or not.
2: It only made sense to me, and obviously I'm pretty pumped that you did that. Go ahead, Ty. Chuck, I don't know if you saw Peyton and Eli on Monday night, but they were basically talking about how realistically there are no such thing as halftime adjustments, that you just don't have enough time. Do you agree with that? And how were things different in terms of like adjustments or how you approached halftime for when you were a coordinator and when you were a head coach?
5: Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't watch that. I was watching the other ball, you know, live feed, whatever it was. And I heard it was outstanding. Uh, we all know how, uh, brilliant and, and bright and funny, uh, Peyton is and, and Eli is. And, and I heard it was, it was phenomenal, but, um, yeah, there's a there's a short window, Pat can tell you, and he's probably told you a million times that, I mean, you're in and out of there. Um, sometimes you have uh, the entire defense, the entire offense. Sometimes you're not. If a guy needs an IV, if a guy's uh, getting shot up, a guy's got this, a guy's got that, whatever it is, you, know, you may not have the full complement of guys in there. 12, 13 minutes max, and it takes you three or four to get in from some of these uh, uh, stadiums. So um, there's still adjustments being made you know, a lot of those guys, you know, Peyton was probably making all his own adjustments on his own with the backs and receivers and the line and things like that. But, but no, there's still adjustments that have to be made because you can clearly tell, you know, at halftime, if a team comes out, they just got throttled in the first half. And now all of a sudden, uh, the other team just can't do anything, can't piss a drop, can't get a first down. Uh, They obviously you know, saw something maybe in the first half they didn't see, maybe a scheme run, a gap scheme, you got pullers, you got this, you got that, and they go in and say, look, you hope you don't have a bunch of adjustments. Like, if you got, like, six runs and five or seven pass concepts and you're just getting blistered all over the place and it's bombs over Bag Baghdad and 20-plus-yard runs, you certainly don't have enough time to fix all that <laughs> shit. You better just – you better just – Go in there and, and get on your hands and knees and do the prayer over again, you know, and say a couple Hail Marys. But, uh, no, there's things that, uh, that you can do, and there's enough time to make enough adjustments. Hopefully, again, you don't, uh, you don't have too many to make.
0: But it's not a full overall, because I think like the the thought is, and sometimes it's oh, they change their entire scheme coming into the week at halftime, and I know Bill Belichick has a couple different games that they, it's noted where he had a first half strategy and then a second half yeah. strategy, and it worked to complete plan. But I think what Peyton and Eli were trying to de- debunk almost is like, we're not changing our entire game plan at halftime. Like Maybe there's some adjustments or things like that, but that's not happening. It's nice to hear like the head coach coach though say Peyton was probably doing things a little bit differently than everybody else because you're right on the sideline his ass was on those papers and it was hey this Mm -hmm. can't this we can't be doing this anymore (laughs) so by the time they got to halftime I assume some of the guys were like I'm gonna go to the bathroom and maybe just rest (laughs) and get the hell out of the way there but some of those halftimes are awesome though you know like when Vontae just retired in the middle of it from Buffalo how about Vontae? (laughs) Is that not the most legendary thing of all time. I couldn't even imagine what the head coach, especially because <laughs> we know Vontae. Love Vontae. I'm a big Vontae guy. You're a massive Vontae guy. The thought of him just being like, It's a young man game, dog. I'm out. And just bailing in the middle of halftime is absolute insanity to me. That's crazy. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Chuck, uh, the Cardinals absolutely beat the
1: piss out of the Titans this weekend, and the Niners were also blowing out the Lions for a little bit, but they let them back. How do you keep your team motivated when you are blowing a team out and versus when you're getting blown out to kind of stay in the game and not just completely quit?
5: So I think there's enough uh, video evidence if you go back in history to where you can show your team, you know, prior to a season, in the offseason, go back to the Super Bowl. Atlanta's up 28-3, to all right? New England comes back and, and beats their ass. We're down, uh, we're down 28, 38, I don't know, a million to Kansas City. <laughs> and we come back. We come back and win 45-44. So there's enough video evidence out there that you can show your teams because when you're up – as head coach, you're scared to death. Don't let up. Don't let up. Keep the foot on the throat. Put your hand down the down their mouth, down their throat, and rip their damn heart out. <laughs> all, all this shit. That's how we motivate them. And and look, you let these some bitches back in this game. All right, no more pizza and wings on Fridays. We're going back to all the vegan food. all, right? all the healthy shit, salads, all that. And then when you're behind. You know, you see all these miraculous comebacks. You know, Frank Wright, we always talked about Frank Wright. He's got the two best, largest comebacks in the history of football, both in college, when he was playing in college, and the NFL, right? So anything can happen. So, And we know Dan Campbell, okay. and we heard it firsthand. His team, is- you knock us down, back up. We're going to have shit in our mouth. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> your thigh. It may be a kneecap. I don't know, but I love Dan Campbell, and I've talked to a ton of people, and i got friends that coach for Dan Campbell. They love Dan Campbell. You know his team is not going to quit. And so as a head coach, you got to make sure, okay, I'm showing that pressure to my team before I go over there, and we may get up on this team and everybody says Detroit ain't worth a damn, you know, and it kind of looked like that for a long time in that game, 41-17 but then you start saying okay the head coach is telling the position guys hey take so and so out get this guy out get this guy out. we don't want to get hurt cuz if you're up 41-17 and then you lose two or three starters on either side of the ball they will fire you <laughs> <laughs> so you, so i'm um, so you so you have all those components you know but then all of a sudden they come firing back at you and then you're like on i'm on the headset talking to the coaches hey Get that son of a bitch back in the game. These guys are coming back. I mean, they're they're fighting for their lives at the end of that. They're going to score and probably get a two point conversion. They're going to overtime.
0: Yeah, it's insane. It's after the NFL is crazy. It's hard. That Kansas City night was awesome. Hey, that was an awesome night. We had an onside kick. He, he, that the whole world knew we were going to potentially do. And uh, I checked out of it because it wasn't a look or whatever. And I felt like such a coward. I was like, ah, we're down so much, should have went for it. And then the team, by the way, Andrew and the boys just rally and smart play after smart play after smart play. And you just can't... Keep chopping wood, Chuck. Hey, listen. Keep chopping that fucking wood. Hey, let's go. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. We can't wait for next Wednesday. We appreciate you so much. The internet's been fantastic. Please tell Tina we say thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach is up. Chuck host, Coach Chuck McGonagall. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell, That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up,
1: banging up, banging up. Yeah,
0: it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home Run derby. Boom, right.
1: Dingers downtown.
0: <laughs> Bingo. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is the man who has the most tackles for the number eighth ranked team in the NFL via ESPN's power rankings, (laughs) a guy who was uh, a guy who was traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a first-round draft pick for the Miami Dolphins. Just one short year later, they traded him to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin said, hey, we lose Ben Roethlisberger. Our offense might not be able to score any points, but as long as we can put six to seven on the board, we can stack a defense that can stop everybody from scoring at all. Give me Minka Fitzpatrick out of Miami. Get him on this defense, and he hit the ground running. He, Joe Hayden, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward. You name it. The crew. Melvin Ingram's now there. That defense is reminiscent of the glory days for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steel Curtain. Whenever you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers football teams, you always know that the defense is going to fly around. You know that the secondary is going to hit people. You know the plays are going to be made. And whenever this guy got traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers, he didn't just have to buy in and change that thing. He lifted the culture immensely. Mike Tomlin will say nothing but positive things, I assume. Colbert, after the trade, should be getting some sort of um, uh, award or trophy. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, All-Pro Pro Pro Bowler, Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka, Minka, you got to, hey, are you on an iPhone right now?
3: Yeah, am I, am, I, am I crooked?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to unlock the thing and let that thing turn real quick. And by the way, I was giving you like a 45 second intro because I heard there was all hell was breaking <laughs> yeah. loose over there. We appreciate you so much for joining us, Minka. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to figure out the portrait mode. Uh, hot dog, hamburger. T- oh, you're yeah. look- oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, you look, you look good, Minka. We appreciate you for joining us, man. How's the body feeling? How's the team feeling? You go into Buffalo, get a big win. You have 10 tackles, lead the team. Things happen to be great in Pittsburgh right now. Nobody thought you guys were going to be able to do what you did this past weekend.
3: Yeah, you know, it was, it was a tough game. Bills are a great team. Uh, they had a whole lot of talent. It was, a, it was a hard-fought win. It was a win that that we needed for sure. Um, but, you know, we're, we're moving on to the next. we got a great team in the Raiders. They're coming off a big win, too. So, you know, they're going to come into, into Pittsburgh with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they beat the in division team uh, in-, in Baltimore. So, you know, we got our little bumps and bruises from last game, but we're learning from it moving forward and, and focusing on-, on the Raiders.
0: Uh, Minka, I know we want to focus on the Raiders, but I would like to take a trip back in time. Whenever you find out you're getting traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers, what is your initial thought? Because this came immediately after Ben Roethlisberger basically being announced that he's out for the season. You get. First-round draft pick to Miami, traded to Pittsburgh. What's your immediate thoughts? Are you a little bit upset with Miami doing you like that, or are you excited to join the organization? And What were your immediate thoughts in that situation?
3: Um, I mean, at first I was a little upset. It was bittersweet because, you know, my family there in Florida. They had moved down to Florida, and I got drafted down there. You know, I I liked it down there. It's a great place, had a great community down there. But, um, you know, business is business. I, I had to do what was best for me. Uh, Dolphins had to do what best for what they thought was best for them, and uh, you know when I found out it was the Steelers, I was honestly I was excited because uh, I remember meeting Coach Tomlin and uh, during the, in the pre-draft process, and I was like, man, that's a coach that I really want to play for one day, you know, if, if I had the opportunity to. So uh, when I found out it was Pittsburgh, I was like, dang, like you know, it's kind of crazy it worked out this way. And uh, you know when I got here, they just they just said just play ball, do what you do, don't overthink nothing, and I was like, that just took a hold off my shoulders, and I was like, look, I just got to go out here and show you know the Steelers why they you know picked the or used the first round uh Pick on me, you know what I'm saying. So I went out there and just did what I had
0: to do. Pittsburgh loves you as a player uh, for everything. I just have to ask real quick: Were you uh, you felt a little intimidated because my chain was a little bit bigger and it was out? Is that why you had to move?
3: This puts it up. I didn't.
0: I didn't know if it was maybe like an alpha I don't situation.
3: I got the big money yet, like you, man. I don't got the big money
0: yet. <laughs> hey, we, we could talk about that, but we won't because you're middle of the season. Let business be handled it elsewhere. Be. That's a way over your head. When you see TJ Watt get broken off, though, that has to make you feel good. Like, hey, the Steelers take care of their own. You come in and ball out like you have since day one joining Pittsburgh, by the way. Immediate defensive MVP candidate as soon as you hopped in that defense and they're saying, hey, fly around. It's got to feel good. I saw Joe Hayden congratulate TJ. I saw everybody congratulate. That's great for the organization as a whole, right, when things like that happen?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you, you see that they're, they're taking care of players and they even did some untraditional things with TJ, you know what I'm saying? So uh, seeing that happen is, is, is definitely... You know, puts a smile on my face, puts a smile on other players' face. And uh, it's good when, when you know that the owners and the, and the guys upstairs are taking care of the players. So, he, you know, he he was smiling, but I was smiling even bigger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. And good luck in that entire process. It'll be handled exactly how it's supposed to. The universe always seems to find a way. But whenever you talk about Mike Tomlin, because I got a chance to chat with him in the draft process as well and meet him. And he was Electric. I mean, just absolutely electrifying. Seemed like a guy I would not only want to play for, but also a guy I'd want to be friends with. When you compare him to other coaches that you had, whether it's Gase uh, or whether it's uh, Nick Saban, what is it about him that it seems like he always wins? And, and people always just kind of take that for granted in Pittsburgh, I think. They're like, hey, we just win here. That's what we do. But that culture has to be built. What is it about Tomlin you think that he always seems to find the best in the team that he has?
3: Yeah, I, I think um, one is adaptability. Uh, you know, he doesn't get he doesn't get stuck uh, just doing one thing. I think week to week, uh, our game plan, if you look at it, offensively, defensively, special teams, uh, the way that it changes, you know, to who we're playing against, he, he's he's mature enough and he's, he's been through uh, enough to realize, look, it's a, it's a, it's a, a league that changes week to week. It's a team that's a different team we see week to week, and uh, we got to adapt to it, you know what I'm saying? We're going to stick to our fundamentals, but we're going to adapt to what we're going to see. And also, just his love for the game, like it's, it's unmatched. Like he's 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 always watching football. He has sons that play college football, so he's always watching that. And like anything that's that happened within the last like 20, 30 years of, of, of football, would be NFL, college. He knows about it. You know what I'm saying? So he's just, he's always watching film, preparing. You know what I'm saying? Just just making sure that we're in the best possible position to win. That's the thing that I I really respect the most is that he's never gonna put his ego or his pride. Uh, Before his player, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to say, look, we got guys that can do X, Y, Z. So that's what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to try and force someone that. I want, I'm going to, I'm going to use my personnel, my arsenal and, and go in and attack uh, their, their best qualities. So. That's something
0: that I like a lot. That, that makes a lot of sense, by the way. You would assume that every coach does that, but that is not the case. People have their system. This system is one. This is what you need to do. This is this whole thing. The greatest coaches can bring out the best and make the best out of what they have. And It's been awesome to watch Tomlin work. Let's chat about you for a little bit, uh, a little bit longer. Ten tackles this past weekend. You fly around out there. Has any of the ex-Steelers secondary, Ryan Clark, Ike Taylor, Troy, that whole crew? There's always been a lot of pride in Pittsburgh about the secondary flying around, and hitting people. Have you got a chance to chat with them? Because it feels like the Pittsburgh Steelers organization is most similar to a college organization with alumni kind of being a part coming back around, and it's very beautiful thing. Have you heard from any of the OGs and what are their thoughts on the defense that you guys have now? Because you guys fly. Cam Hayward had 15 pressures or something yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the. Day, I mean, it's in saying that defense you guys have have you guys heard from any of the ogs
3: oh we haven't we haven't heard from so many of them but um you know, i think was was real big around here you know we have a saying the standard is the standard um we watch a lot of old film on on some of the guys that you know that that were you know charlie palomato defense and ryan clark those guys we watch a lot of that film because we run similar schemes and concepts and stuff like that so we watch those guys and i, I grew up watching them and, 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 you know, saying, man, I want to play like him one day. You know what I'm saying? So I think we just kind of keep that standard of, of, of excellence, honestly. And we just watch them. We see what they do. You know what I'm saying? That's just how we learn here. When I got here, I watched I watched Cam Hayward. I watched Joe. I watched TJ, TJ Watt. And I seen what they did and how they move, And that's how I kind of, you know, put took a little bit from each one of their little routines and how they played on the field. And it's how they navigated their, their, their daily uh, walk. So I think it's just you know, and they learn from you know those guys that you mentioned earlier. So it's just that that standard is a standard, holding each other accountable.
0: Uh, it's all cliches, but cliches are a cliche for a reason, you know, because most of the time they're 100% true, and one guy on your team actually played with those guys and is still there, Ben Roethlisberger, and there's been a lot of turnover, new offensive coordinator, Ben has a new elbow, new life routines, you name it, everything like that. How has he looked this year? Because in the second half, it looked like that offense started clicking. Was there any questions in the offseason by the defense, like, hey, this offense doesn't look like what it used to look like? Was there anything like that, or did you guys know, like inevitably Ben Roethlisberger is going to be Ben Roethlisberger and things are going to start going.
3: Yeah, it's exactly what you say. We, we know at the end of the day, Ben is going to be Ben. I, I say that all the time. I've been asked this question in media and when I'm walking down the street, you know, I, I think <laughs> uh, Ben has been a guy that's been slept on since he's been in the league. He's, he's a great player. He has a great arm. I think he looks even better than what he did before the, the surgery. Um, you know, he, in practice, you can tell, especially when he's angry and he's playing with that chip on the shoulder, there, there's nobody that's better than him. So, there's nobody I, I want to have back there uh, besides him. And, you know, we have a young offense, but, you know, the reason why we're out there as a defense is, you know, to get them back on the field. And we're going to do our best every single game to, to get them out there, get them more opportunities to get the ball. Uh, we're going to try and score with the ball. We got it. But, you know, we're going to try and get it to them as well.
0: You should talk a lot or no, you're quiet?
3: Nah. <laughs> it, it depends, man. If you get me angry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk a lot. But I try to do most of the talking with my game.
0: I'm gonna talk a lot. You say, so <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You get you. Get, what do you, what do you go deep? Do you uh, do you have research done on people you're potentially playing against and know some things? You do some research.
3: I, I, I do a little. I do a little research. I do a little research because you gotta know where to hit people. You know what I'm saying. But you also gotta know who you can and can't talk to. Cause there's some dudes you talk to them and then they kind of flip that switch too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah.
0: That's probably somebody you talk shit to, by the way. That's probably somebody you talk, <laughs> to. That's probably somebody you talk shit to. Like, hey, let me ruin this. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Who, who is somebody you played against in the NFL that made you, like, open your eyes and realize, like, oh, this is the men's league? Because they're playing at Alabama. Obviously, you guys just churn out pros. Is there anybody in the NFL that maybe you saw and you were like, hey, this guy, this is a different level here now. The, the NFL is much different than even the SEC?
3: Yeah, it, it, it would be uh, my rookie year. I was kinda moving between nickel and corner and uh it was like maybe week week eight or nine, we played against the Colts and it was uh Andrew Luck and T Y Hilton. And I was kinda I was kinda shadowing uh T Y uh, all over the field. He's playing in slot a lot, so I was covering him and I was doing a pretty good job and then he ran a seam a seam route, like no, we call it a chop route seam route, uh slot fade, and I was hip to hip, great coverage with him and Andrew Luck just put the ball like right on the right on his hip. I I i like turn, I looked. I was like, there's no way he's just put the ball right there. <laughs> I, mean, I, I went to the sideline, I went to the coach, I called him upstairs, I was like, hey, like, like what can I do better? He was like, Look there's just sometimes just can't do nothing about it, man. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I guess so. But that that was definitely one of the moments where I was like, dang, like. It's,
0: it's a league. This league. It's a real deal. Welcome to the NFL. And T.Y. and Andrew, by the way, did that to basically everybody, not just you. And I think <laughs> when Andrew retired, I think T.Y. was maybe the most disheartened human on earth for that whole thing. Still an absolute stud. We appreciate Minka Fitzpatrick joining us right now. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt.
2: Minka, a lot of the guys we talked to last year said one of the hardest things about the COVID year, defensively specifically, was like you guys had to bring your own juice to get up for the games without the crowd being there. Going into Buffalo first week, obviously with a hostile environment, their fans haven't really got to experience you know them being really good again. Like, Did it feel uh, like – I mean, could you feel like you were going back to normal a little bit? Like was it just easier to get up for that game than maybe some of the games last year?
3: The energy in that stadium was, was nuts. There were was, there was series where we're on defense, and I'm talking to people. I couldn't even hear myself talk. We, we had to change. We had to go to, to hand signals because we couldn't even hear anything. I'm talking to guys, and I'm like, "We're, we're on defense," and, and they're screaming like that. So ah. it was definitely, it was definitely good to to have you know people back in the stadium, even if it wasn't our fans. You know, what I'm saying we were feeding off of them as well. And then once they got quiet, you know, towards the end of the game, it's even more of a uh, you know energy boost to us for sure.
0: Uh, the Enzers are going to be outrageous in Hinesfield. I mean, it is going to be.
3: Can't wait (laughs) for it.
0: I mean, the Yenzers are going to be coming out of every hill in Pittsburgh, (laughs) rolling into Heinz Field, ready to just absolutely lose their fucking minds. Last question here from Connor. We appreciate your time here, Minka. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah,
1: Minka, obviously you guys had a lot of rookies playing on on offense, but I believe you had a few on defense as well. Are you already at the point where you can kind of help guys, you know, adjust to the league and learn in the defense?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We We have a couple new guys, you know, Trey Norwood. Uh, James Pierce is a tier two guy play played for us a little bit last year that's playing for us. Uh, a couple of just new guys we got in, in camp. And, uh, you know, I think I'm definitely at the point where I'm taking them just under my wing. You know, all, all the DBs, me, Trey, Cam, are just taking them and, and, and telling them, look, like this is just how we move, this is how we do things around here, teaching them the scheme, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh, just coaching them up, you know what I'm saying. And most of the time we just say, just watch. Just watch and, and learn, you know what I'm saying. And, and that's how that's how we teach around here.
0: Hey, we appreciate you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll let Colbert and Tomlin know that they got to fucking pay you. All right, you deserve it. And uh, we appreciate you so much, man. Keep crushing it out there. Have a great week. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah! Joining us now is a man who's going to make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Okay. In his first ever NFL game, he had a walk off. Some people are calling him Mister Walk Off. This guy only competes in NFL games if he has the opportunity to end the damn thing in overtime with his right foot. Absolute cannon of a leg. Coming out of Florida, I got a chance to watch him kick some balls, not only in games where he was just clearing uprights in college games, but also some work. I mean, he murders the ball. Him going to Cincinnati in the AFC North is going to be difficult, but I think his leg strength will be something that will continue to carry him and help him. Ladies and gentlemen, 22 years old, youngest player to ever win a special teams player of the week. Wow. Evan McKeers. Yeah! What up, child? Well on. Hey, you're a child, 22 years old. You are a kid out there, and you look so calm, cool, and collected, bombing that ball at the end. I am so incredibly proud of you, man. Congrats, and welcome to the NFL, yeah! dude.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I get reminded by my age from, uh, from Kevin Huber and Clark Harris all the time. They tell me that they could be my dad. and. Uh, i think it's pretty
0: fun yeah huber and i got drafted same year he's still doing it obviously and harris is an absolute g i absolutely love that guy and i like that they snapped that thing and kicked it after zimmer called a timeout was that a plan did you guys did, did huber tell you guys like hey even if a timeout goes if that ref doesn't come we're going to get a rep in there or was it like a little bit of a miscommunication there no
4: uh, we uh we planned that 100 um we know going into it, um, if they call a timeout, we're going to take a little practice kick. Um, Absolutely. Sure y'all might have done that at, at Indy. A um, little practice kick never hurt anybody. You make it. Um, you just know you're going to stroke uh, stroke the next one. You miss it. You kind of learn from it um, and come back and nail the next one. So,
0: Yeah, I think a mulligan is always good. I mean, it is always great. And they, so much so that they actually made it a rule. And that's what Zim was so pissed off about. So the refs... It, it depends on when they call timeout. That might be his fault. Hey, get it in earlier then. If you get it too close to the snap time and the ref can't get in there, you can get a practice kick. How'd you feel? You were stroking the ball. Seemed like you were so confident, so comfortable, so relaxed. Has this been an easy transition into the NFL football and the NFL game for you?
4: Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's been a pretty easy transition. I mean, the, the uprights are the same width as, as college uprights. Um, hashes are moved in. <laughs> Makes it a little easier for me, honestly, and uh, the operation is just is so clean with uh, with Kevin and Clark. And they just make they make my job uh, a heck of a lot easier than than it really is. What
0: did you do? You played soccer. You have a cannon, and there's. Yeah. I assume you've gone to a lot of kicking camps, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of fields that you've been on where anybody could touch you, right? that has probably been your life. I don't want to say I probably had a similar situation, but when I see a ball explode off your foot, I'm like this guy murders the ball have you just always had a massive leg is that was that your gift in soccer and did you know you were going to get into football or did a football coach see you slam his arm and be like hey hey paul you want to take three steps and make a bunch of money <laughs> or do you run and run 10 miles and make a bunch of money how, how did that whole process come about
4: yeah no i mean i probably like a lot of kickers started out playing soccer super young age and played it my whole life um but i didn't really start kicking until my older brother um he started kicking when he was in ninth grade so i was probably in fifth grade and i thought it was pretty cool uh, and then he got a scholarship offer to uh, Louisiana Tech to go play and so that's kind of when I really saw um, that there was more I guess after high school if if I wanted to work hard and and really train and get good um, at kicking and so that's when I really I guess you could say put my head down and started working uh, to get as, as good as I really could and you know I'm just super happy that that I picked this whole uh, kicking thing up yeah yeah um, I, I couldn't imagine a better. I guess spot to be honestly
0: yeah it's, it's working out thus far I mean there's going to be a bunch of adversity that you're going to have to get through and there'll become you know mental toughness tests all the time you pass the first one like I'm excited for you to continue to go because you are so incredibly talented dude the ball if you if you want to know what a big leg looks like from the time he kicks the ball, see how fast that thing gets to the fucking net okay like there's guys around the league that they'll hit the ball and that thing's hitting the net quicker than everybody else like it is just the way it goes that ball. Is seems like it is hitting the net immediately after leaving your foot. and That gives you a lot more space, by the way, because if the ball is going faster, you have less time for it to get off trajectory. You're an absolute weapon. I'm so happy uh, for you. I'm so happy for the Bengals, and congrats on winning the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. I want to ask you about a couple of your coaches real quick. Colt Anderson, has he ever say anything fucking stupid over there or what?
4: <laughs> no, I, I love Colt. Um, he'll mess with me every now and then, but he uh, he's one of the guys that kind of hypes me up he's kind of my hype man and every time we talk about somebody he's like how do you think this guy is i'm like yeah he's pretty good he's like you're better so (laughs) (laughs) he's been good to me so
0: for those that don't know colt anderson was my pp Uh, Uh, on my punt for like four or five years i think he's the Montana. this guy Uh, oh yeah yeah he's the montanival he's an absolute legend and darren still special teams coordinator over there
4: he's still doing it um how's the hair best to do it how's the hair hair slick back perfect, not moving um nah, darren's been great for me just learning from him uh sure he's probably the probably what you say he's doing it the longest out of anybody right now
0: yeah um, he's been around a long time,
4: and, yeah, so just learning from him has been great um i mean we'll see how long he's gonna be in this coaching thing, but i hope uh you know he's still here when when I'm still here uh hopefully ten years from now
0: he uh my first conversation with him he told me uh to never punt a football again. Uh, And if you want to remind him of that, you know, obviously since then, he and I have built up a great relationship because we played the Bengals every year in preseason. But at the Senior Bowl, I'm there as a kicker. Has anybody ever been able to do both in the NFL, Pat? He said to me, I was like, uh, I don't know. He said, no, they haven't, okay? (laughs) And you're at the Senior Bowl to kick field goals. If I were you, I would never punt a football again. I said, thank you, sir. Very nice of you. And then he said, I'm gonna try to get you in the combine. I didn't get in the combine. He runs the combine thing. And then I obviously get drafted to punt. We run in to each other every single year great guy big ass fucking brain i love that man i love Colt anderson as well and i'm so incredibly happy for you and the boys the team over there uh evan i know you're new but kickers get a chance to observe a lot team meetings practices you're in the building you feel it what's the vibe in there what is joey burrow like as a leader of that team it seems like he is the picture perfect guy that you would want to be leading the cincinnati Bengals over there
4: yeah i think uh just a good way to I guess, uh, judge this team is, you know, Clark and Kevin said it's a different feeling than they've ever had. Uh, they feel like this group is, uh, as close as they've ever felt. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're just a lot of, we're just a bunch of guys, uh, that love hanging out with each other, um, competing on and off the field. Um, and yeah, I mean, we got a whole lot of weapons, um, with Joe, uh, Jamar, Joe Mixon, I mean T. Higgins, I mean I could go on and on. Um, we we've got a lot of talent on this team, and I think uh, you know the city of Cincinnati should be really excited um, for the first time in a while because I think uh, we have a pretty good chance of you know making the playoffs and and hopefully making a run for the uh, for the Super Bowl.
0: All right, I'll continue to try to get you guys an indoor practice facility, oh, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll continue to try to give that thing a go for you. Evan, chill. You're not allowed to laugh at you. are too young, all right? You'll get fucking fired for that. Go ahead, Todd.
2: Evan, playing in the SEC, you obviously went to some pretty crazy environments first week of your NFL career the Bengals have a rabid fan base like did it feel any different when you were going out uh there in overtime to kick that game winner or when you got and kicked does everything else kind of just fade away like could you feel how big of a moment that was
4: but I tell you what I feel like uh I I feel more confident in uh in my kicking than ever I would say right now um I know I saw I guess kind of a, a replay of of the clip and they kind of caught me, I guess, uh, smiling before the kick. Um,
0: yes, chilling, chilling.
4: Yeah. yeah, and so, honestly, I feel I feel the most confident I ever have uh, kicking the football, and so just running out in the field. Um, I, I kind of knew there's no doubt I was going to go in, and you know we're going to start the season off one and So.
0: That has to feel so good, man. Mm -hmm. Hey, good for you, dude. I'm so incredibly happy for you. Congrats on the Special Teams Player of the Week in your first ever game. I have no idea what next week's going to look like, but I'm sure it's going to be a little bit of a downfall. Unless you get another game winner and just keep doing this thing, maybe 17 straight games, Player of the Week. I appreciate you for joining us. Good luck over there, boss.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Hey, tell Kevin and Colt and Clark and Darren, and everybody that we said hello over there. A lot of friends of mine in that building. And I, uh, I've heard nothing but great things about you and your work ethic, brother. So I appreciate you.
4: Yeah, well, for sure. I appreciate you all.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, Evan McPherson. Hey,
4: hey, hey. Hey, am I saying that right? Is it McPherson? McPherson? Yep. That's it. Uh, a lot of people get it wrong. They, may, they say McPherson. A lot of announcers, but it's McPherson, yeah. So. A-
0: as I was doing the video of you kicking that thing, you know, and in my head, I see your name. That's how I like speak. Like I see things written out in my head. And I saw your name, and literally there was a fool like. Ew, 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 <laughs> ew, ew, ew. I think it. And I went with Fearson, I'm very thankful yep. that it was right. Could have very easily got it wrong too. I don't want anybody to think that I was like smarter than anybody else. But I'm happy to know that Evan McPherson, absolute legend. We appreciate you. Guys. Yeah. So, you. Yeah. Do you identify as crypto curious? If you thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed or confused, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. If you've been looking to level up your financial portfolio, it's always good to diversify. Why not think about cryptocurrency a little bit? Backed by the world's leading investors, Coinbase keeps your portfolio safe and secure while adding crypto into your mix. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, what, sell, what, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $5 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com forward slash Pat. That's C O I. Nbase.com ecom forward slash PAT. Sign up at coinbase.com forward slash Pat for $5 in free Bitcoin. Coinbase.com forward slash Pat. Shout out to Coinbase, by the way, making the crypto world easier to understand and maneuver through. Also, I believe if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, tomorrow we got a pretty big one. Yeah, pretty really? good day. I think Mike Tomlin's coming on the to show tomorrow. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, he doesn't do media. Well, every once in a while we'll see him on ESPN when he has to address something or he'll do a show, you know, and he had a great interview with Stephen A. Smith last week. We enjoyed hearing that. Mike Tomlin, um, so Tom Telesco, current general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. He watched me warm up at the Monarchy Car Care Bowl and told Bill Pullian, hey, there's a guy with a massive leg. They were looking for a punter at West Virginia. He kicked for two hours before the game, and I was literally just fucking around my friends who got redshirted, and they were. this was our last game together. They were going to play another year at West Virginia. We were just kind of enjoying the moment over there. Tom Telesco, allegedly the reason why I got drafted in Indianapolis Colts. Mike Tomlin, definitely the reason why anybody came and watched me at my pro day. He led the charge from the indoor facility to the stadium, and then he He was the one that actually put me through the workout during my pro day. I am nothing but thankful and grateful for that man. Cannot wait to chat with him tomorrow. Before then, we have one of his studs on his defense that has been unbelievable ever since Tomlin got to Pittsburgh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I cannot wait for that conversation with Coach D Yeah,
2: very excited for that as well.
0: Allegedly, the way it all went down with Coach Tomlin, who does not do a lot of media, allegedly the PR asked, because... We've been sending out our own emails to some people to potentially start booking, you know here and there. We want to know about the lack of success. Now the Pittsburgh Steelers have always been very nice to us. Oh yeah. They I think a lot of them listen to the show over there, they've always done that. But we've started sending out emails to some teams saying, Hey, what's the deal? How come you won't send any of your guys on our show? We just kinda wanna know. We sent that email to the Steelers with a list of people requests. They sent one back. They're like, We put people on the show all the time. You're like all right, right? I mean, it was more yeah. of a general email. I yeah, mean, like, you guys kind but, of got caught yeah. up in that. Sorry, it. Yeah, <laughs> we, do apologize. we do apologize you got caught up, but we do appreciate what you have done for us. And then allegedly the story goes that, um, you know, since we did put Coach Tomlin in there, that through, I mean, the head coach has so much shit to deal with on yeah. a daily basis. And allegedly Coach Tomlin was presented with the idea of potentially coming on uh, to Pat's show. And allegedly Tomlin goes, McAfee? Yeah. I'll fuck with McPhee. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it all went. So I appreciate Tomlin so much for coming on tomorrow. Appreciate Minka Fitzpatrick. Appreciate all of you for listening and watching wherever the hell you may be, whether it's on Sirius XM, Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, or YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McPhee Show. I think this season's going to be a hell of a ride. Feels like we're building up the right connections with the right people to potentially have some magical conversations for the next five months or so. We are very lucky to do this. We're also very lucky to be the people that judge the judges. Mm. Whenever people put lists together, you have to immediately judge the people that put the list together as opposed to the teams that are on the list now when the power rankings come out in the nfl and there's a couple different ones there's there's one on nfl network from uh, matt
2: money smith and dan Hansis. is yep.
0: he puts his together okay that is something that espn has put out their first power rankings though and we tried to do research on who created this i guess it's 81 writers and tv personalities that have a vote this is the current Going into week two of the 2021 NFL season, the current ESPN power rankings, which we must judge, and not just the teams, but the people that put the list together, the power rankings, please. Hell yeah. At number 10 in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. The Mm. Ravens almost Mm. won against the Raiders this past week, and they have lost a lot of people on that team. A lot of people have gotten injured. They still have the anomaly that is Lamar Jackson, that quarterback. And even after being a half a yard away from losing a game in overtime, they cause a turnover and almost get back in that thing and win. Fuck-ass fumbles are the problem for why <laughs> yeah. the Ravens did not get a dub. They will be in every single game strictly because Harbaugh and that defense and special teams are always good, and they got Lamar Jackson on the offensive side of the ball. He's going to be – they're at number 10, okay? The Raiders beat them. I don't believe the Raiders – are on this list. Number nine, New Orleans Saints. Eight, Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven, San Francisco 49ers. Eight, Cleveland Browns. or Six, sorry, Cleveland Browns. Five, Buffalo Bills. Four, Los Angeles Rams. Three, Seattle Seahawks. Two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And number one overall team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Whew. Now, we had to look into whether or not this is projected end-of-season rankings or the rankings that it sits currently. Because there's obviously some question marks if you're looking at this just as a week two power ranking. How could you have the Pittsburgh Steelers at eight, Buffalo Bills at five, when the Pittsburgh Steelers literally went into Buffalo and got a win in week one. Is this a projection for the end of the season, or is this right now? That's a question that needs to be answered, and I don't think we were able to find the answer, right? No, it's right
1: now. This is going into week two. This is post-week
0: one game. So ESPN polled 81 writers and people that are prominent in the football world, and they ranked the Buffalo Bills three spots ahead of the team that beat them just a few days ago. Yes. Then, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs at number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number two, and the Seattle Seahawks at number three, and Los Angeles Rams at number four. If I was to be ranking this just strictly off of week one performances, which I think is what they are ranking this off of, I mean, Seattle, Los Angeles, the Niners, except for, like, the fourth quarter. There's a lot of movement in my eyes. Kansas City was down 10, but they flip a switch and come back and win whenever they want. Tom Brady had that moment where he saw the other team take a lead and he was pissed off. Knows he's going to come back and win this thing. The Seahawks and the Rams, though, and the Niners, I believe, for three quarters of that game, appeared to be the best squads in the NFL. This ranking, and the Saints at nine is absurd, by yeah. the way, especially with what they just did to the Packers. So we have a lot of question marks, but I think everybody would agree— Top 10 seems like that's probably the bundle everybody's going to pick from. Unless the Raiders deserve to be in there, especially yeah. if you're going to have the Ravens in there. Well,
1: even the Cowboys. I mean, I feel like the Ravens weren't the most impressive you know, team that lost on or this weekend, or at least one that doesn't warrant the 10. I thought the Cowboys looked just as good as the Ravens, if not
0: better. The AFC West and the NFC West are all 1-0 okay mm-hmm, yeah. so everybody in the afc west and the nfc west is one and zero. only a couple teams from each in there i think that is a fascinating thing as well and the packers aren't even in top 10 so that tells us that they're judging strictly on week one performances if the packers aren't in there right unless they're predicting that the packers are going to stink i'm fascinated by this whole thing and it's obviously great fodder but there's some outright bullshit on this
2: list that i'm <laughs> not necessarily happy about oh yeah for sure i mean Houston Texans need to be on here. They looked unbelievable week one. Granted they played the Jaguars, but they beat the shit out of them. Everyone thought they were gonna go 0 17 this year. I mean it was I think just- they're at eleven. Okay, if they're then they're at eleven uh Cardinals should definitely be up yes. here. Yeah. They absolutely dog walked a team who won their division last year and everyone thought they were gonna be better this year. They absolutely embarrassed the Titans. They in Nashville, they should definitely be, be in the top. And game. I
0: have a question. Like, how do you rank the Kansas City Chiefs above the Super Bowl champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Now, much different time. They played against each other, obviously, different offensive line for Patrick Mahomes, but they Kansas City Chiefs were down double digits. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I guess they had to come back and win that thing in the end, but also like how do you You know, how I don't know how any of these things work out. And we always must remember, everybody gets upset about things, about lists and rankings and everything, as you should. You always have to remember who's doing the voting. And do we really give a fuck what said person thinks? Now, I would assume in those 81 people that are voting, we do have respect for at least a couple people. Oh, yeah, for Uh, sure. I would say that. But there are some outcomes on this particular list. Just the first NFL power ranking that we have seen in the middle of the season, we will judge these every single week, by the way. It is a beautiful thing, and we thank ESPN for putting this together to be completely transparent. But there's some shit in there. Make you go. There's people that have no idea what they're talking about when yeah. they're talking about football. Makes me feel how I felt when I was watching uh, Monday Night Manning. I was like, oh, I didn't know anything about football. <laughs> yeah, I just realized. Chuck, by the way, needs to get hip to the Ma- Monday Night Big Manning. Time, yeah. He will yes. love it. Football people will love the Manning thing. It is literally a fire hose of football information coming right down the gullet from the Manning brothers and whoever their guest is. I absolutely enjoyed it. And I would like to see the Manning brothers put together a power ranking. They, they probably wouldn't, by the way, because they have no idea what the teams are going to look like four, uh, four weeks from now, five weeks from now. And that's kind of how we all feel that has ever been in a locker room. Like, oh, some teams might completely flip the switch and be great. Some teams might check out and stink. You have no idea what a team's going to become, especially if you don't know what the culture is. But there are some things on there. I mean, the Steelers being below the Bills just Doesn't make sense. can't have it. You, can't they, have it. they already competed for who would be higher on this Dude, thing.
2: A lot of people were picking the Bills to win win or go to the Super Bowl this year. And still, this, By the way, still might. Still might. might. Mm-hmm. Still might. Steelers
0: if, go into their house. But if this is just ranking what is, where we currently stand, I mean, literally, they had a scoreboard up for the eight and the five team to figure out who should be ranked higher. And the eight team scored more points. Then the five team. And I'm, I'm not saying any – I love the. believe me, I love the Buffalo Bills, and I think they could change and, and continue to only get better through the season. They have a bunch of studs. I believe in Josh Allen. I believe in Bean. I believe in McDermott. But if you're just looking at this list for what it is, it's like – they already competed. they just—they yeah. they just, they literally just played again. The games don't matter. Is it just what you think and predict? I guess is that what we're—the eighty-one people are just smarter than the actual game itself because the game itself is what we're talking about. I
2: thought. Yeah, I mean, I—I I, don't understand, but it's got to make you feel a little bit better about the Colts knowing that the number three Seattle Seahawks were the team that took them out this week. Hey, weekend. I was thinking the number
0: one Seattle Seahawks, by mm. the way. That team looks unbelievable now that I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson too after his Monday Night Manning performance. Mm-hmm. I'm—I like to see the Hawks up there. You know, the twelves deserve it too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. The 12s deserve it. They're at home this weekend against Titans.
2: Uh, Yes. Yes, They're at home this weekend
0: against the Titans. I'm going to bet on Russell Wilson until further notice as well. He's one of the people that I'm betting on until further notice. Arizona Cardinals, also a team I'm betting on until further notice. Uh, They're minus four and a half at home with the Vikings. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins allegedly just watched film for the first time ever together. I think the Cardinals at home, that seems like a right bet. I did not know it was going to be like that with the Vikings, though, because they still got Dove and Cook.
1: Yeah. But Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt got the ball. Oh, buzzing I completely forgot
0: they got a brand new defense. Chandler Jones, five sacks. J.J. Yeah. Watt out there eating as well. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury seem to have a different attitude, different tone this year as they did in the past. A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that team Buda is Baker. eating over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the back. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so we will bet on Seattle Seahawks at home against the Tennessee Titans. I believe that's four and a half as well. Yeah, uh, five and five and, and a half. Five and a half. Uh, that's very small. I mean I there's tiny. tiny. There it is. I got LASIK, but I don't know if they're (laughs) that good. Five and a half seems to be a lot, but the, the 12s back in the building for the first time in 18 months and the way Russell Wilson looked, and maybe that offseason did bring them more together. Maybe they were forced to have real conversations with each other about how things are going and what needs to happen and how things need to go. I just believe that the Seahawks, after Russell Wilson's performance, not only dunking on the Colts a couple times, which I believe they have a great defense and would also transform here, but also what he did on Monday night Manning. That's a guy I want to bet on.
1: Yeah, but you got to think that Vrabel's got the boys working. This week and fired up and you've talked about before how Peyton would say like I love when my running back's angry. You got to assume Derrick Henry's pissed the fuck off. Do you? Yeah. I mean, we had what nine rushes for eight yards at one point yesterday. I I would hope at least that the guy who rushed for over 2000 last year is like, hey, you know what? This is bullshit. I'm going to just put it on myself and run through these fucking people.
0: If tone wasn't back in his covid cave Mm -hmm. because of a close contact. Season piece to Tony Kev Cowboy. Might yeah, have thanks, to hop thanks. back in the saddle again, by the way. Yeah. Had a couple close contacts around him. Obviously, he'll stay away from the office for the rest of the week. Hopefully he'll continue to test negative through the weekend. He'll be back on Monday. But Diggs would be very loud screaming in the microphone. That's why you don't pay running backs. Uh-huh. That's why you don't now he'll he'll leave out Christian McCaffrey. Obviously having a massive game And right. Dalvin Cook continuing to be a massive part of their offense And other running backs that have continued to have success After getting paid But that is a big take Is that a running back can't get paid Because once they get paid, things change You don't necessarily want to take 20 hits to the ribs And to the knees Once you make a certain amount of money Because the running back position gets battered As as it is But maybe Derrick Henry turns it up And I think for Derrick Henry to turn it up Offensive line is going to have to start yeah, yeah,
1: for sure Julio also probably Hopefully has a little chip after last week And also I do think I think Derrick Henry, this is his last year with guaranteed money because didn't they do the extension as Two a— Two-year, $50 million or something. Yeah, like right, and this is the second year. The
0: um, The D-line, though, for Seattle will not get enough no. credit or praise. No. The offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts is a good one. Mm-hmm. I think everybody agrees with that. Missing a left tackle because Casconzo retired. Allegedly, Eric Fisher's coming back off an Achilles this weekend. I hope he's all the way back. It's going to be tough. That D-line for Seattle caused— Hell. A lot of problems For Carson Wentz in that offensive line. So, if the Tennessee Titans can't figure out the block game, I think Seattle Seahawks will continue to eat. But you're right. How about the Rams at four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's good because they're top five. But who's going to stop that team? Who's gonna Who's gonna Who's gonna be able to beat Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald the way they're playing right now? Who's gonna be able to stop Matthew Stafford, able to make every single throw, and Sean McVay? beans? I'm not 100 percent sure anybody. Like, that's why the season's so awesome. That's why the power rankings are so beautiful because there's always gonna de- be a debate because there's always these. Oh, if this team was to play this team right now, who would out? That's what these rankings are. Mm-hmm. My biggest issue is the Steelers already beat the Bills. So. Yeah. yeah so what do we even we don't don't even have to act like oh i wonder (laughs) i wonder if this team was to play this team right now this would be happening but i guess this is what we got to do whenever we don't know who's betting and who's picking and everything like that well and
1: they do all 32 and i know the raiders were at like 23 or something and they just they just won the game so that means there's at least like seven teams in front of them who lost
0: so it's hard i assume not to carry in for preconceived notions going into the season and then carrying those at least into week two week three week four but if this is supposed to be for right now who is and you have to at least look at what happened week one and adjust accordingly. The Raiders get a tough win. Almost shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. Yeah. Derek Carr, I have learned from watching Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson and Eli Manning talk, has a lot of room to potentially continue to grow oh, yeah. and continue to get better in that offense. I believe that was pretty evident in there. And they got incognito out. They, they yeah. got a Denzel Good, who's my guy. He's out. That team maybe continues to get better and continues to win games but I don't think anybody's ever going to give the Raiders enough respect for what they actually deserve because everybody knows inevitably in the end it's probably not going to work out because they're in the same division as the Chiefs the Chargers and the Broncos right now which are all incredible squads.
2: Well and even if you do go by that preconceived notions I mean every single one of these had the Packers in the top four before the season yeah, so and I'm not, not saying that they deserve to be after getting embarrassed like that but then that's that is just feeding into like hey these guys fucking stink now. Get hey, them out of the, the top ten. But the
0: legitimacy of the list is the the Packers are not in there, true, right? So the Packers not being in there, it's like okay, this list warrants a little bit of credence, a little bit of respect, and then you go right to eight and five.
4: And well, nine. New Orleans just beat the hell out of the Packers there at nine, and San Francisco, I mean, almost blew the game to the Lions. They were blew a twenty point lead at one point. Shouldn't they be flip flop?
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of people would say that the Niners, if you want hey, if you don't just watch the highlights and you actually watch, watch the fucking the film, film yeah. when their starters were in and whenever they were actually playing, they were just dog walking MCDs. Now in I don't want to say garbage time, but MCDC's boys leaning in. I don't know if they should be at 32, just strictly. I think we learned right. more about Detroit than maybe we did at the end of the Niners or whatever. But I think you're right. I mean, the Saints look like who's going to fucking yeah. stop that. Yeah. I don't I have CD no idea. That
1: defense, and the Lions, by the way, they're at 31.
0: They Yes. Yes. Who's okay. 32? Jags? Uh, I believe
1: it was the Jags. It might have been the Jets. <laughs>
0: can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on a monday through friday basis it's fucking really cool man really cool (laughs) if you hate listening all the way to this point shout out to you i don't know how you do it shout out but if you like this show which I appreciate, and I have no idea how, to be honest with you. I get sick of me a long time ago. I've been with me a long time. I've been sick with me a long time. But the fact that the boys crush you listen, it's a beautiful thing. If you enjoy the show, please be your friend. Tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Hashtag end pod squad. Still giving out merch. Uh, we're back tomorrow with a beautiful Thursday. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into an incredible Wednesday night. We'll see you in manana.